Bush and Richie here. Welcome to our Daily Takeaway podcast. We're just going to leave a statement with you that we were talking about and it's just come to popped into our head. We're not going to get into a big conversation about it. We just want to put it out there uh, without prejudice. You can think of it what you will. But it's come to our attention when we were talking about eggs earlier on that Richie and I, neither of us have ever been constipated in our entire lives. It's a bold claim. We're both in our mid-40s. Um, we're both going to take just six seconds to think this over. It's not even six. I've thought about it. Honestly, have not been constipated in my life. Not, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I've been quite the other a couple of times, but certainly not constipated. And this is not boasting. It just hasn't happened to me yet. No, and don't worry. It's not a. This is not a conversation point that you're going to hear more about nope, on nope, nope. in this particular edition of the Takeaway. It's bespoke content just for you, dear listener. <laughs> yeah, because that. Yeah, what you've just heard. That's part of the daily takeaway. That ain't not going out on any live show in any way, shape, or form. Like I say, just for you. The daily takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway. I don't want to get, like, too serious to start a show, because it's a fun knockabout radio show, isn't it, do you know what I mean? But sometimes you've got to deal with the big issues, and uh, there's a food lie that I believe that we're all part of, complicit in, that needs to stop, as I said at the very start of the show. It's been going on for years, this lie, and it's been passed on from generation to generation, handed down, but no-one ever, like, stands up and says, I can't do this anymore, do you know what I mean? So today on Home Time, I want to do that. I want to stand up and say, I don't want to perpetuate this lie anymore. And I want to ask everyone a question, right? Everyone in, in, in this studio here, everyone listening to Home Time, wherever you are, uh, on this Tuesday night, and I want you to answer it honestly, whether out loud or in your head. And the question is this. Do you honestly think prawn cocktail crisps taste of an actual prawn cocktail? <laughs> Because I think this is one of the biggest food conspiracy going. Because we keep calling it prawn cocktail. My, my, my sister-in-law bought a, a huge bag, a multi-pack of prawn cocktail crisps over the weekend. I sat there eating them thinking, this isn't anything like prawn cocktail. She knows deep down it doesn't taste a prawn cocktail. Everyone else knows. It's the elephant in the room. But no one, no one ever says anything about it. It's a conspiracy. And when you think about it the other way around, when you're sat eating a prawn cocktail, yeah. you don't sit there and think, this tastes <laughs> of those crisps. This... I wheeze and I laugh as my initial reaction at your statement. But it's true. It's true. It's a lie that keeps on going. But, like, it's, this has gone back years. Millions of pounds worth of prawn cocktail crisps have been sold. No one's ever questioned it. No. It's never had its stay in court and you know I, I wanted to get this down on record because what might happen to me now yeah imagine that yeah Bush ain't in he's disappeared or something like that because he's, he's, he's a whistleblower I don't want to end up in the uh, in the Ugandan embassy like Julian, Julian Assange or whatever his name is walkers are mobilising as we speak <laughs> well Paul says uh, you're right Bush on Twitter uh, but what do we call them I don't know this is the other <laughs> question say prawn cocktail crisps get stripped of their official prawn cocktail status yeah where does that leave us now with their, with that flavour. I don't even know what it is. You might then have to just call them pink crisps. We can't be just going around calling them pink crisps. This is... Uh, I, I, just, I know that the moment that you kind of start to pull at the thread of this lie, the whole thing's going to come apart. It's true. And I'm afraid that is what's happened. It's a house of cards, folks, that's coming down tonight on Home Time. So just ask yourself that little question. Do you honestly think prawn cocktail crisps taste anything like prawn cocktail? And are you happy to carry on this charade, this lie that we're all incomplicit of? Uh, and maybe you want to put a stop to it tonight on the show. Uh, the, the, the ingredients on the back of a packet of prawn cocktail crisps is pretty damning. Uh, we're you doing know, our research. We're doing them our in. research, exactly. You know that ingredients is always listed in the, um, you know, the order of well. the, the most. Potatoes, first off. Vegetable oils. Sunflower, rapeseed. Prawn cocktail seasoning. I bet that's a very well-hidden thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, under lock and key. Does that taste anything like, you know, think prawn cocktail, 
with the Mary Rose sauce and the, the salads and lettuce, as you can tell, I made loads of them before. And man. the goblet, the it's in. Metal tin, Bernie yeah. Inn, 1990, mm-hmm. 1985, something like that. I'm getting vinegar. I'm getting potato. It's, it's just a lie. It is a lie. I'm sick of, I'm sick of the lie. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to tell Thea or Stella or Erin, my girls... Oh, yeah, go and have one of them. Taste the prawn cocktail. Yeah. I'm not lying to them anymore. I've had enough. And if I disappear, then, well, at least this is, this is on tape. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Chris says, thankfully, Dr Pepper doesn't taste like peppers. That's a good point. <laughs> Eddie says, while we're on the subject, why are red onions called red onions? They're clearly purple. We could be onto something here. If there are any other food conspiracies that you would like to bust, missed buffs tonight right on uh, this Hometime Show. Uh, don't suffer in silence. Step forward and let's let the truth out. Big one from Paul here. Sweetbreads. Neither sweet or bread. The name is there to avoid you thinking about what you're actually eating. Are they? Is that... Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, Pete <laughs> says, quiche is the trumped-up omelette in pastry. <laughs> it's got a point. Uh, Dave says, <laughs> both and Richie, in regards to your prawn cocktail crisp debate, do any crisps actually taste of what they're advertised? I've never eaten a packet of cheese and onion and thought they taste just like a cheese and onion sandwich. Maybe it's, this is bigger than just prawn cocktail crisps. Maybe, maybe prawn cocktail's like the first one to fall and we, we start looking at the rest of the crisp market and it'll be like a house of cards. Uh, Dave's on the line. Dave, uh, what food conspiracy would you like dealt with? Easy peel oranges, mate. Has there ever been such a lie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. They, they give it the big I am like these are just going to fall apart in your hands and there's, it's an absolute nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> It's just a joke. I don't think I've ever had one that works. You can't take them back, can you? No one's going to accept that. You'll get tasered. <laughs> yeah, you've been at it with right. your thumbnails. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, try and take back a little mashed up orange. You've got no chance. Good point. Think about the amount of money that's been spent on a clear violation of trust for advertising there. It's outrageous, to be fair, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is. Dave, we're on to them tonight. Excellent. Cheers, lads. Dave says, I think I'm probably on my own when I say, but uh, I love the flavour of prawn cocktail crisps so much that I would actually think real prawn cocktails should be modified to taste like prawn cocktail crisps. <laughs> Dave, you're a heretic, mate. What is all that about? <laughs> check, your, check your head. Uh, Dale says he is a chef and he's uh, trying to add a little bit of uh, science to this. Oh, is he now? He says, I don't think they taste like prawn cocktail. More of the sauce named Marie Rose, which obviously goes with your prawn cocktail, but I don't think that would mark it as well, he says. Yeah, you're not going to get that out in the shop, sorry, do you know what I mean? Andrew says, anything cherry-flavoured tastes absolutely nothing like cherries, and also raspberry slush doesn't taste of raspberries, it's blue. <laughs> it's just, don't get him started. And then uh, Dave, another Dave, oh, Dave's on tonight. He says, uh, biggest food lie, double-strength squash. You still pour the same amount in the glass. <laughs> a lot of lawsuits going on this evening. Paul says, guys, new potatoes. Is there a whole market of used and second-hand potatoes I know nothing about? He's got a point. JS says, ice buns are literally hot dog buns with a bit of icing on them. Somehow this feels like a betrayal. I'm not entirely certain there's anything royal about Eggs Royale. There's, there's no legal royal background to it, is there? Get Buckingham Palace onto it. Uh, Colin says, what the hell's cream of chicken? <laughs> Horrible thoughts. Uh, Gemma, you've got a food conspiracy for us? I think that fun-sized bags of Maltesers aren't fun. They're tiny, you don't get enough. I mean, what's fun about that? Surely a big bag that you can jump inside or ball pit-sized Maltesers. I mean, now that's fun. That's a great point. <laughs> There's nothing fun about a tiny. You're getting less. You yeah. get tiny little bags of Maltesers and they're selling yeah. it as fun and we're buying it. Exactly. I mean, that's not fun, is it? No, not at all. 
No, exactly. See, I, I'm right. I do love the idea. I think you've got a Dragon's Den thing here, and Bush and I would be quite happy to flesh this out with you and appear on the show. A, 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 a huge ball pit of Maltesers. What about that? To jump into that and then eat your way around like a computer game would be amazing. Just like, yeah, just that like was... snaking yeah. around through them and eating them. That would be great. I just think, I just, I can imagine that, yeah. Uh, Chockypit.com. We're after a 15% investment. <laughs> we can we can work out the details, but uh, we'll give you a call after the show. What about that, Gemma? That'd be brilliant. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. One of the great things about doing this show with you guys uh, is that just because it finishes at 7 o'clock, it doesn't mean that the show actually finishes at 7. There's the podcast uh, with your emails, hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk and your tweets. The show kind of continues post 7 o'clock. And yesterday was one of those days uh, where we were still getting stuff coming in of people telling us about what they did over the weekend in the style of a trickle or textbook. Listener Jet uh, had been clearing out his parents' uh, attic uh, and had found his old school books and sent us in his trickle or textbook uh, because we, we've spoken about it so many times on the show. So the weird thing was, I, I was in charge of taking the book home last night because, you know, it was on the table, I thought I'd better take it with me. And the, the trickle or textbook, has got, it's got such an iconic look. It's such a piece of history. Yes. I felt scared almost being responsible for it, taking it back on the train. It's like you're doing evening classes. It was. I, I've literally almost like, <laughs> slept with it next to me in bed to make sure it was OK. But one of the things that ended up being a, a topic of conversation for Bush and myself earlier on today as we're, like, just catching up, or your comments after the show last night, uh, is so many people doing all their things that they've done over the weekend, but they're always saying, in La Rochelle, or going to La Rochelle. La Rochelle was just... That destination in the trickle or books that sticks in everyone's mind. But here's the question. Has anyone ever actually been there? Been lucky enough to go to France many times. Done Paris, done south of France, been lucky to ski in the Alps. Never La Rochelle, but in the books itself. No one ever went to all the Parises, the south of France, the skiing. It was always, always going La Rochelle. It's all about La Rochelle. Sweet. I mean, I've, ne- I've never known anyone that's been. No one I know in my in my group of friends has ever been on holiday to La Rochelle. Loads of people go to France, but you never could hear a mention of La Rochelle. Like, I always think to myself with Tricolore, you've got the whole of France there. No offence, no offence, La Rochelle. Yeah. got the whole of France there. Why have they picked La Rochelle? Exactly. What's going on? You know, and like Steve, someone tweeted earlier on, Stephen says, it's a port on the west coast of France. Is that really all the information we've got on La Rochelle? Is that <laughs> there, it? There has to be more to it for Tricolore to base so much of that book in La Rochelle. Surely it's just an industrial port, isn't it? I've always wondered why they, why they made such a big fuss about it. So if you have actually been yourself, you've been to La Rochelle, Tell us what it was like, when you went, what did you see, what's, what's, what is the crack with La Rochelle? We want to know. I, I thought for a little while, actually, back back in the day in the 80s, that it was like a fictional yeah. town. Yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. just made it up for the book. But the more info we get from you, the more we realise that it's real. Uh, this person doesn't leave their name, says, La Rochelle is the start and finish point for the Vendee Round the World single-handed yacht race. That's good intel. That's quite a good accolade, isn't it? It is indeed. We want yours, please. 81215, prove that this isn't the French Erinsborough. Uh, we've only got Deborah on the line. Deborah, tell us your bit of uh, intel about La Rochelle. It was a very long time ago, and I can remember a castle, and I think it had a moat, and it was all lit up at night. It was really pretty. Oh. And I, just, I can remember bringing back a nice cup for my mum with a like, pottery cup. It's so weird. I went on a school trip to France, and I brought my mum back like a little tiny like stone Jesus thing, because she's very religious. <laughs> weird what you bring back for your parents, isn't it? Yeah, that was just a cut, but no, it was, it was a very pretty castle. That's about all I can remember. We spent a little bit of time there. I think it would be a chateau over there, would it not be? 
Quite well, yeah, possibly. Right, so they've got a good, good chateau going on round there. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about about 1986, I think it was. I was going to say, that's not a very old castle. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was there, I think that's about the year it was. Oh, right, OK. Deborah, our first person, and this is great, we'll stick a castle down on the list. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, good day. La Rochelle beat Leinster 24-21 in the Rugby Champions Cup final. It can't be a fake place if they've won a trophy. Wow, so that's actual, like, proper good sporting activity that's going That's like on the rugby equivalent of the Champions League, I believe. Uh, more intel on La Rochelle, the iconic location from... The, the uh, Trick of Law GCSE French textbooks, please. Lucy says, I went there. The only thing I remember was my friend had a little dog steal her sandwich, which she'd left by her side when we sat on the curb, and it was boiling hot. That does sound like the basis of a French oral exam, <laughs> if you had to say that in French. Uh, Wolf says on Twitter, I know nothing about La Rochelle, but I do know when someone's trying to angle a free work trip to the sunshine. <laughs> hey! That's not fair! That's not fair, although... You know, if anyone wants to send us over, imagine that. I like the idea of that castle we were told about earlier. It sounds amazing, doesn't it? Has lights and everything. Get us over there, man. <laughs> uh, Andy, uh, you've been. What can you tell us? It's actually really lovely. It's a it's a really nice place. It, it was funny, actually, because my wife and I, when we were there, we were talking about the, the trickle or textbooks, you know, yes. thinking actually ourselves, saying, well, I wonder if anyone's ever actually been here. But we can say that we have, yeah. So we were on holiday nearby, and they've got a big aquarium there. It's fantastic. Um, my little boy can remember little turtles that were crossing the, the footpath in front of us. There's a fortress right in the harbour entrance, and um, we got a crepe, as you do, from a trick and old textbook. What flavour crepe did you go for? Uh, it was Nutella. It's got to be. <laughs> Nutella, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> Sorry, just to pick you up on something. Are you telling yeah. us that in La Rochelle, turtles cross the street in front of people? No, 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 this was in, a, like, an aquarium. It's oh, like, um, nice. Uh, yeah. It was, um, no, no, it's not a Mario Kart. That so, would be good. I wonder if you get points for, like, squashing them or something. That would be really bad. But, like, how, how did you end up, like... Because the, the thing that we are obsessed with a little bit is, like, how do people end up going on holiday to La Rochelle? Because you, you always, it never comes up in the, the brochures, just, you know what I mean, with uh, uh, travel yeah. agents and stuff. How, how, did, how did you end up going there? It's we were basically on holiday. We went to um, we rented a little house down in on the west coast of France. Um, we went away for the summer holiday, stayed in this house, and it just so happened to be about twenty miles south of La Rochelle, um, in a town called Rouen, which is really pretty, really nice. Well, we found someone who's been amazing. Yeah, me. Yeah. Are you are you willing um, to give a statement? Um, well, the police were there actually when we were there trying to fish somebody out of the. They jumped into the sea off of the sea wall and they arrested him because you're not allowed to do that. So the gendarmes were there. So yeah, I guess I would give a statement. Okay, so we, we'll make a note: no uh, skinny dipping in off the uh, <laughs> off the port. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's basically that's banned. You're you're allowed to eat crepes with Nutella, but don't jump in the water because they'll they'll nick you. <laughs> People are texting in and giving us info. Rob says we were there in August 2000. Stayed at a campsite nearby. It was a great medieval port to visit with the kids back then. Isn't it also the place they start or finish rowing across the Atlantic? Lindsay says, I've been to La Rochelle three times. Beautiful place. One of these people that finds a place, loves it, keeps on coming back. Three times in La Rochelle? It's unbelievable. Uh, right, Ollie is hanging on and champing at the bit uh, to tell us about La Rochelle. What can you tell us, Ollie? Oh, man, listen, right. We went to La Rochelle, me and my friends, about two years ago in my T4 camper van. And we were driving along and we stopped there for two nights. 
we uh, we started chatting to the locals. They started telling us a few places to go, where to eat, etc. And um, we ended up at the end of the night in one of the most craziest bars you've ever seen. Right, there was ceilings full of ladies' underwear. My word. We were very, very shocked at. Um, and just the people, like, all a bit crazy. But it wasn't one of them bars, like, before you asked. <laughs> one of them bars. So, yeah, what, them. <laughs> so, I mean, we thought we were going to go for... It. So we thought, you know, La Rochelle might be some kind of quite sedate, uh, maybe an elderly resort where people go to just chill out and everything. Are you saying it's a little bit like Magaluf, mid-90s? Um, maybe at night time, yeah. You know, we had some great food and then we ended up in this bar and that was the one place which we stayed all night, but... I can guarantee back in the day it was probably like that. Here's the key. Here's the key to this. If Ollie's turned up in La Rochelle in a camper van and they've stayed two nights, yeah. the whole thing about yeah. campings in camper vans, you've got the chance to get out of uh, Dodge the next day. If they've stayed another day, says to me, this is a destination. He's gone back again. You've gone back for the second night there, Ollie? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we had a choice to leave, but we, we chose to stay, so it's up the order, can it? <laughs> Good lads. Nice. Thanks for your intel, uh, Ollie. How long have you been working for the La Rochelle Tourist Board with stories like that? We, we appreciate it. Uh, mate, I don't know, but there you go. <laughs> Martin says, how about an outside broadcast outside the La Rochelle Recycling Centre? <laughs> well, you said it. Oh, dear. My lasting memory of La Rochelle is dancing poodles, says Debbie. By Ooh. the harbour was an old man with a big crowd all gathered round watching his poodles dance. To be fair, they were very good. I bet they do dance pretty well. <laughs> uh, La Rochelle is the home of the Franco Follies Music Festival, uh, says uh, this particular text, which I've just Googled. It's a big affair, 170,000 people going along to it. Wow. Uh, it's actually It actually starts in the middle of July. Mika is playing this year. I wonder where he was. And then Ross the Trucker says, La Rochelle was the last French city to be liberated at the end of the war. What about that? Any other intel about La Rochelle? Thank you for your brilliant messages that are coming into the show. With each one, we learn a little bit more. Nick has actually tweeted in about um, Tricolor itself, the textbook that has been very kindly sent to us by a hometime listener. He says, guys, whilst on the subject of all things La Rochelle, does anyone remember PMF, the robotic character from Tricolor's forerunner, Eclair. So before Tricolor, there was a thing called Eclair. These all sound like girls' magazines. <laughs> Apparently, uh, PMF the robot was forever looking for Le Syndicat d'Initiative, yet no trace remains on the internet. Well, I don't know whether that's something in Nick's mind or that was a real thing. Do you remember Eclair? Tell us about it. Was, was it one of Nick's dreams? Yes. Louis Laloupe. I do remember. He was the detective oh, yeah. uh, in um, in the Tricolor books. Louis Laloupe. I haven't thought about him in years. <laughs> that was something. Yeah. Uh, Lucy says, I've remembered something. When I visited La Rochelle in about 1986 on a school trip, we visited Pierre Lotti's house or museum. I've no idea who he was, but I did faint while walking round and my French teacher, Miss Monice, gave me her water bottle. There's something about French teachers' names. They're, they are iconic. <laughs> Miss Monice, what a bittersweet memory for her there. Uh, we've got someone on the line, though, who's been. Uh, Andy, you went, didn't you? What was it like? Yeah, it was basically, um, we went down there, we had two weeks in the glorious sunshine, um, our half term. All the, kids, all the kids in France were still in school, so it was brilliant. And the one day that we decided to go down to La Rochelle from where we were staying, 
it was all shut. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Do you know what? It really reminds me of being a kid. You remember you get a bit of, like, spending money when you were kids and, yeah. you, and you go into exactly. town with your parents and they're all, like, like this was Spain, they're all having a siesta. Yeah. And when you were a kid, you can't understand yeah. that. Why is everyone in bed? Well, it was, uh, it was one of their bank holidays that nobody um, deemed to tell us about. But um, I was just going to say, the reason why we went there was because during the Second World War, La Rochelle was one of the main bases for the German U-boats. Good uh, piece of info. Taking the family on a fun yes. World War Two fact-finding <laughs> trip there, my friend. Uh, Andy, well, if there was exactly one well. English location that you would be able to compare La Rochelle to, what would it be? A posher version of Portsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. Let's go. Th- thanks Let's for, go. Cheers for that, Das Boot. <laughs> That's no problem. Now, you lot most likely are eating or have eaten already. Uh, we have, neither of us have had our evening meals, and it's one of those, it's one of the evenings, these evenings for me personally, Bush, where I feel a bit awkward about going home. Oh, right. I know that when I get home, there will be some kind of meal. Probably that Natalie has waited a little bit longer to eat herself because she wanted to eat with me. That's very nice of her. It's nice of her. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, you and I had a very reasonably priced feast at lunchtime. We, we are both big fans of good old-fashioned cafes. Nay, greasy spoons yeah. is, is what they're called. Yeah. And the deals you get in those places, just the way that they fill up a plate of food. Uh, we had a, What do we have? We had an omelette and chips each. Yeah, well, mine was a ham-cheese omelette. Yours, I think, was, was just cheese? Straight-up cheese, but I kept the option of the beans. You decided you didn't want the beans, didn't, cha- didn't trade them out for anything else. No, I didn't. I just uh, went with the uh, the chips and the uh, the round of toast that came with it <laughs> toast as well. Toast on the side of an omelette. Also, a hot drink included. I think you went went tea, I went coffee. We like to keep things mixed up. We've got to be same-same when we're together this amount of time. Now, you're probably thinking, look at those two media types sat having this in central <laughs> London. I bet that cost them a bomb. Well, it didn't. £7.30. It's an absolute bargain. Uh, the only thing that's taking the edge off the bargain for me is that uh, I had two hard-boiled eggs this morning when I got on the train. Now, I've, how many how many eggs do you think are in the omelette that we had? Oh, the, and the one that we had earlier, because they were sizable, I reckon four. So I think I've had six eggs. <laughs> It'll keep you regular. Oh, dear. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. It's the final week of 10 weeks of tickets. Can you believe it? We have the uh, chance for you to be winning your way to see the fantastic Coldplay live on the 13th of August in London. Now, the band's uh, brand-new tour is called Coldplay Music of the Spheres. And this week, we've devised a little game all about spherical objects. What we're going to be doing every night this week is producer Adam is going to be dropping... A spherical object, a different spherical object, onto a, a tray held by Richie, and you, just from the noise of the impact, like that... Sorry, to be clear, that was the tray against the microphone. That was not a spherical object being dropped on the tray. So that wasn't happening, but it's a, it's a little taster of just the, the volume of the noise that you're going to hear. But can you guess what spherical object it is? What's that kind of proof that that is not a sound effect, this? You know, got this tray here. That's the sound of it on my head. Isn't that a great noise? Can you just hit your head one more time? <laughs> Might do it less hard than I did. Cool. Oh, I'd love one of them in the studio. Imagine that. <laughs> Talking about trains again. Do you want to have a go? Well, let's give it a little go. Hit your head. I might have to take my glasses off first. Sorry about this. My... One minute. Getting paid for this. One, two. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, I make a different noise. <laughs> let's do it again quickly. Your head's right. different than mine. Listen. Go on, here's Richie. Richie's head there and my head. Sorry, but we all get to the contest just <laughs> a sec. So remember his noise. Here's my noise. Whoa, I've got a lower head noise. Anyway, right. Right. Put my glasses back on. So, uh, producer Zem is going to drop a spherical object on the tray. <laughs> uh, here's your clue, right? Here's your clue. Yesterday, you could eat it. Today, you can't. Can't eat this. What's this? 
That was him doing it again. Do one more time. Come one on. more time. Ooh. Oh, it's gone. Right. But what is it? You can't eat it today. Uh, who's this? Hi, this is Sean and Jason. Sean and Jason phoning in together. <laughs> yep. Joint enterprise. Will two minds be better than one? What's the object? Uh, we're going to go for a golf ball. Yes. <laughs> wow! Straight away. <laughs> You're going to see Coldplay, Sean and Jason. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Could have had a bit more of a, of a reaction. <laughs> Is Jason okay? Which one, Who are we speaking to here? So you're speaking to Sean. Jason's currently driving. We've just finished work, headed home. Can you ask Jason if he's all right? He seems quiet today. No, I'm driving. I'm concentrating. You you do that. It's probably (laughs) probably best you do. (laughs) Are you two both going to go to Coldplay then? Yeah. Brilliant. Jason on Sean's back. I love it. Congratulations, boys. You're off to Coldplay. Thank you. Go go a bit of a cheer just to end with the pair of you. Go on, please. Sorry? Go have a bit of a cheer. Just end on a cheer. (laughs) Yeah! Oh, those Scots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Russian Richie's Daily Takeaway. And just not to go on about um, not being constipated that we did at the start, for any for any further, I just want to add a caveat to that. Even when you've gone, you know, go on holiday sometimes, sometimes you can get have trouble going to the loo when you're going out for having a big dinner each night. Mm-hmm. Even then, still absolutely regular as clockwork, not being a problem. <laughs> good news. Thanks. Have we ended up basically doing I Have Never on the radio? I think we have, yeah. 